0: Hello and welcome back to the LDS study session. This is episode 14, uh, again focused on another section of the Come, Follow Me um, lesson materials this week, uh, that the week being May 27th to June 2nd, Joseph Smith, Matthew 1, Matthew 25, Mark 12 to 13 and Luke 21, The Son of Man Shall Come. This uh, ses- This session together is being focused on the section uh, under Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. When I serve others, I am serving God. Uh, and I feel that this, you know, the past three, this session and the past two, have all kind of been focused on Matthew 25, and this, the Saviour is clearly giving a clear discourse here in preparation for the second coming. We've had the, uh, the parable uh, of the ten virgins and the things that uh, people have to do to prepare themselves to be ready. Then you've got the parable of the talents and how you need to use the talents to help others be ready. And then actually, after those two parables, you have this final uh, parable of the goats and the sheep. Uh, and what the um, the Saviour is teaching us about how we are blessed or what we what we need to do to receive the great blessings. He has a store for us for that second coming when that time comes. So this is a really a huge discourse on when he comes again. One of the biggest things I got from this was a principle of having, of having the need to simplify our discipleship, to simplify our service, because we often get so caught up with the various uh, facets of living uh, in the church uh, as a disciple of Christ and the restored gospel. Uh, we, you know, There's missionary work and temple and family history work. Um, there's family study, there's family prayer, there's the callings that we get. There's so, so many facets of things that we do, ministering, uh, t- to name just a few, and, um, and I think sometimes we get caught up in this this cycle of checkboxing culture, which is obviously what what a lot of the things that President Nelson has brought um, into his ministry since he was called a prophet, to kind of simplify that that confusion and make things really straightforward. Um, I think that um, the biggest principle we learn from this actually links to something we learned last week in Matthew 22, which was the two great commandments, to love God and love others as, as ourselves. Um, and I think that when we look closely at this parable we see this principle shining through I won't read it all as always and you know I've given you the, the section that you can have a read of and I'll uh, try and put them in the show notes um, but there is a few things I wanted to focus on as we go through. Um, the parable is very straightforward you know it talks about the, the say the son of man coming in his glory and separating the, the into sheep and the goats, the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. Um, on the right uh, he talks to them first and he tells them about how they will receive these great blessings, uh, for they they supported the Lord when he was hungered and when he was thirsty and naked, and they clothed him. And I think it's interesting that the Savior is obviously making this very clear that they're being they're being given these blessings for the acts of service that they've done, which kind of links into the faith works discussion that yes, we need to have faith, and our Savior is the one who will save us, and, it, and without him, our salvation would not be. Possible in any stretch of the imagination, but he is expecting us to, to love and serve our fellow man uh, as well. Um, I think it's interesting that when the, uh, the people on the right respond to the Saviour saying these things, they say, When saw we thee, a stranger, and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? which suggests to me that we need to be doing these acts of service mainly out of love for the people. I and mean, obviously there will be an understanding behind that that we are doing this for ourselves, ultimately as well, to prepare us for the second coming, but really that should be coming out of love. But then then things get really interesting when you reach the first 40. and I'll just read that here. It says quote, "And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily, I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto the least one of, one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me." And I think that the Savior is really trying to teach a really important lesson here. One which, um, if we don't take heed, then we'll, then we'll, then we'll is something which we can't afford to miss. Um, there was a quote which I really, really liked as I was studying for this uh, by Elder Richard L. Evans, who once said, We can't do everything for everyone, everywhere, but we can do something for someone, somewhere. Close quote. Uh, and I love that because I think that we sometimes, I mean, I certainly sometimes get a bit discouraged. We see so many opportunities to serve. We know we hear of people going through difficulties after the events and we think, oh, I wish I could have done something or "Oh, I wish I'd thought of doing this for this person or oh, I didn't get a chance to get round to this. And sometimes we really do beat ourselves up, uh, as particularly as members of the church. And I guess that's because we, you know, we, we, we take on ourselves these sacred covenants. We promise that we will support and strengthen one in each other and just sometimes we just have to focus on ourselves and focus on our families first and just make sure that all those things are set in order and if we miss the opportunity to serve others we can sometimes feel really disappointed and let down in ourselves but we need to remember the wise words of elder evans there where he said we can't do everything we we just can't and we're not expected to just to reach out to someone somewhere at some point and do the best that we can I think that's really calming and assuring words that we can take on board. Of course, um, this this verse, verse forty, links to a great sermon uh, in the Book of Mormon, uh, where Mosiah is—sorry, uh, King Benjamin. Well, it's in Mosiah, but it's King Benjamin teaching his people, um, and it's just here it is in verse um, seventeen of Mosiah chapter two, uh, and it says. Uh, quote and behold, I tell you these things that you may learn wisdom that you may learn that when you 're in the service of of your fellow beings you 're only in the service of your god um, i mean that 's a well known verse uh in the in the book of mormon uh, and it 's one which you know we, we can 't hear not we we can 't overhear i think it 's one that we need to really take on board um, but again there 's a quote which uh, I loved uh, when I was study, studying that particular uh, verse of scripture as well. Um, and it's one which is uh, well worth hearing. Now, this was actually given um, in a talk that was addressed to the, to the, to the sisters, but, of course, it, it links just as much to the brethren as well. So um, it says, um, in fact, I'm not quite sure. Oh, it was, uh, it was President Howard W. Hunter, um, who was speaking when he was on the First Presidency. Um, and these are really, really important words for us to take on board. Uh, for all of us. He says, quote, Sisters, continue to seek opportunities for service. Don't be overly concerned with status. Do you recall the counsel of the Saviour regarding those of who seek the chief seats in all the uppermost rooms? He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Is a, it is important to be appreciated, but our focus should be on righteousness, not recognition of our service, not status. The faithful visiting teacher, or we could put in here ministering brother or sister, uh, who quietly goes about her work month after month is just as important to the work of the Lord as those who occupy what some see as more prominent positions in the church. Visibility does not equate to value. Close quote. And that last line is just brilliant. The visibility of what we do does not equate to the value of what has been given. Yeah, I, there's been a couple of experiences in, in my life and my and my family's life where we've been served and. No one knows about it. In fact, there was uh, a there was an event where we were struggling a bit, as we've often seen to uh, with money. You know, not not you know d- too bad, but you know we weren't um, in the best of positions. And it was around Christmas time, and a Tesco delivery uh, service vehicle came to our door, knocked on it, and we were a bit confused. We hadn't ordered any groceries or anything like that, but the man persisted uh, and knocked on our door again so he answered it and uh, he said that it was for our house for 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 Matt uh, Roberts and it was definitely addressed to us but someone had ordered it but he had said that the person that had ordered it had asked expressly to have their name removed from the uh, receipt and we were just so so o- overjoyed and so appreciative and grateful uh, for this kind person that had done this for us I mean, we hadn't really told any pe- anyone that we'd been struggling, particularly with finances, as, as, as far as we knew. But, you know, someone just had felt prompted to do that for us. And that, that we've never thanked that person to this day. You know, we, they've not received thanks from us for it. But it's, that, that had great value to us personally. And you know, I could list other experiences where perhaps I've done something, or I know of someone who's done something for someone, and they've done it and they've tried to do it really quietly, you know, not for praise or anything like that, but just to help someone in need. And it's those experiences, those acts of kindness and service, that really have great value. It's not the visibility that's important. Um, And so, you know, I think that uh, we we can't overstate just how important this principle is. We then look at, um, and I'll finish briefly with this, we then look, look on the left side at the, the people that have put, been put on the left side, those people that haven't done these things, that haven't looked out for those who are poor or sick or, you know, hunger or, or thirsted. Um, and the Saviour says, Then shall he say also unto them on the left side, Depart from ye, ye cursed. And the footnotes is interesting here. It says, or rather, who have come under a curse. Um, and I think we don't. I think at first you think, well, you know, that's the same thing. But actually, it's very different because if you uh, read it as ye cursed, it sounds like the Savior is cursing those people. But actually, if you take the Greek into account, that it's actually it actually says who have come under a curse. That does take on a different meaning because if we look at Second Nephi chapter nine verse sixteen, we find that it's the people on the left-hand side, who have brought the curse on themselves through their choices. It says, in 2 Nephi 9, verse 16, And assuredly, as the Lord liveth, for the Lord God hath spoken it, and it is his eternal word which cannot pass away, that they who are righteous shall be righteous still, and they who are filthy shall be filthy still. Wherefore, they who are filthy are of the devil and his angels, and they shall go away into everlasting fire prepared for them, and their torment is as a lake of fire and brimstone, whose flame ascend foot forever and, have no end, and has no end, close quote. And I think the important thing to, to point out here is that it is the choices, the actions of the people. And this kind of links back to my, the very first episode where we talked about uh, where will this lead and the choices and the small decisions we make each day, uh, the good choices or better choices or the bad or the good choices or making, not, choosing not to act at all when we should have acted. Those things will will carry through with us uh, unless we call upon our saviour to to support and guide and and to repent each and every day, as we as we're taught by President Nelson in the recent conference. Um, you know, this life is is a time to prepare to meet God, and um, I think that the the lessons that we learn from Matthew chapter twenty five, in the section that we've looked at today, but really across the whole three parables that we've looked at in the past few days. Um, There's so many things we can learn from. I hope there's there's been something that's um, interested you today or something you can take away from this. Grateful for your listening. As always, please follow me at at MattSRoberts90. That's at MattSRoberts90. If you have any comments or want to share anything that you've been studying uh, that we can have a look at together. And I'm really grateful uh, for your time if you've been listening. And until we meet again.